0: I want to give you a bit of context this morning uh, for where we're going. It was about six months ago. Thanks, Ezekiel. About six months ago, we were uh, gathered together in this community. I actually took uh, two weeks of leave, and uh, I don't recommend any husband to do this, but in the context of taking two weeks of leave, what I did is I actually kind of deliberately didn't tell my wife until about three days before uh, my leave time came, knowing that my beautiful wife, she would have taken our family in that time to Disney World, to Redding, California, to somewhere on a plane with three kids and, and... I specifically felt like uh, God had encouraged me to take this time off, uh, not as a wilderness experience time, but just a time to uh, get away and just spend time with Him. Uh, Over the course of the last few years here at church, we've been through many uh, challenges and we've seen so many victories. And this was a particular time I just felt an unction to actually just take time out. And and what happened in this time, and I know right now there are people watching from Brazil, from all different parts of the world, maybe you're watching this as a recording, uh, to give you context. to invite you into our family here at Presence, most people would know this story, but I actually, during the first two days of uh, that two weeks of being on annual leave, what I did is I shot out and I got on my boat, my little boat, we're probably right now 500 meters from one of the most beautiful beaches in the world, Surfers Paradise here on the Gold Coast in Australia. And as I got on my boat and I went out, I noticed that there is a bar that you have to cross with big waves and it was flat. There were whale watching boats going out and there was all sorts of things going on at that particular time. But for me, I just thought, you know what, I'm gonna use some courage and I'm going to get out there. And so what I did is I shot out and I followed out a big whale watching boat. So I was sitting like two kilometers offshore, I, I was the little like 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 thing that you could only just make out as a boat reflecting on the, uh, it was a beautiful day. There were whales jumping, whales spraying, whales doing all sorts of things. And in that moment, as I sat and I looked at the Gold Coast, I actually took out my phone. And, and as most people do nowadays, when you see something amazing, you want to share that thought. And I took a photo and I, uh, I went to post it on Instagram. And in that moment, it was like Holy Ghost spoke to me. And I had this in-depth conversation with God that actually lasted for the whole course of the day, but challenged my thoughts and my direction, uh, even up until now. And when I took that photo and went to post it on Instagram, which is great. Many of you are watching live on Instagram now. Uh, What the Lord challenged me in is, who am I posting this to show? What am I expecting to get and has this become a focus bigger or more articulated in my life than my priority of just focusing on God, remembering that I felt like the journey to take two weeks off of church and building and organization and finance and board meetings and team meetings and so forth, just to, just to realign my heart, to get my focus right is probably the right word. And in that moment, God challenged me. And in the course of being out, I put the fishing rod away and just sort of murm- murmured, so churned some stuff over that I had been doing in my life that actually had become more of a priority than my genuine, authentic relationship of walking in intimacy with God. Now, I'm a pastor, so don't get me wrong. I read, I write, I do all the arithmetic that comes with the job description, and I love the presence of God. I will fervently seek Him. I will go after Him. I worship until my wife tells me to stop singing. But the deal was, in that moment, I found there was actually a pattern that actually is a kingdom initiative and pattern that God introduced many, 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 many thousands of years ago. And what it is to have a priority or priority set up in your life. And for me, I would define it as the four F's. The four F's would be simply this. It's to uh, have faith as your number one priority. And when I say have faith, it's focusing on intimacy with Jesus through the person of the Holy Spirit, through reading the word, through praying, through fasting, through seeking God. But primarily in this case, it was the Lord showing me, Justin, I want you to do in the first thing every day and have on the forefront of your heart. The Bible says pray at all times with prayer and supplications. How do we do that? We can't walk around all day praying in tongues or praying in uh, our earthly language when we're in board meetings or team meetings but what we can do is we can keep the lord uh, and awareness of the holy spirit and that is praying because we're walking in communication with god the second thing he spoke to me about was the importance of my family there were times in the last few years that 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 ministry and church and even Desires of my heart had actually come and in, 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 in overshadowed some of my family time. The third and the third and the fourth could be switched for priority, but faith and sorry, finance and fitness were the two. So it was faith, family, finance, and fitness to focus on these things and just realign my heart with them. Uh, the whole point of me sharing this with you is because the title of my message today is "Taking Back What Matters." In praying into this week, I spoke a faith message to you last week. I felt like the Lord really wants to articulate, especially for our family at presence, some things that really matter, and not just articulate them, but give us direction in how we can take back what matters. Timothy said, uh, Paul said this to Timothy in his writing, 1 Timothy 6 verses 20 and 21, a carry-on from the scripture we read in communion. He said, Timothy, guard what has been entrusted to your care. Let me say that to you. We are called to guard what has been entrusted into our care. He said, turn away from godless chatter and opposing ideas of what is falsely called knowledge, which some have professed and in doing so have departed from the faith. Grace be with you all, Paul said. I want to read that to you really quickly in the Amplified Version. He said, O Timothy, guard and keep safe the deposit of godly truth entrusted to you, turn away from worldly and godless chatter which with its profane and empty words and its contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge and here's the clincher which some have professed and by doing so have erred or missed the mark and strayed from the faith there's two questions in this passage of scripture where paul is talking to timothy a young leader he's actually talking when we ask the question what is What's the notion? What's the, what's the item? What's the thing he's talking about that has been entrusted into uh, Timothy's care? One, I would put to you the gift of faith. Because earlier on in the Scriptures, the Bible says, and Paul was talking, remember the gift that was placed on you or, or, or imparted into you through the laying on of hands, the same gift that was on your grandmother and on your mother. And we spoke last week about how God reminded Timothy through Paul that, uh, that he never left or never let down his generational line and that Timothy should hold true. to the faith that he has. The second thought of what he's been entrusted with is the anointing of the Holy Spirit, which rests upon his life and was articulated through many, many different books of the Bible. So if we're to articulate what he's called to be entrusted with, then we can't denote or step away from what Paul is actually saying, watch out for. Anything worth having in this life will demand that we fight for it. We shared a thought recently that time and energy are fossil fuels and that we never get them back. I don't think I am speaking to an a, 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 a unknowing audience right now when I articulate that everything that we've set up in this world or that has been set up in this world to steal our attention is actually falling to the ground. <coughs> That's a coffee cough. Right now, I think we're all justifying when we cough or when we sneeze, that was definitely a coffee cough. But from a world view, everything that's external And that's contended for our faith. If you were to look around right now, has actually fallen to the ground. I heard one pastor say that the alphabet has fallen to the ground, like the NCAA, the NBA, the AFL, the NRL, and many other different uh, 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 words and symbols that are used for things that have actually taken priority from our number one focus of faith and pursuing the presence of Jesus through the person of the Holy Spirit. And why do I say that today? Because if that is the case, we have a limited place on things that have competed for our attention. Uh, Let me say it like this. If right now, everything that in the world has set itself up and we've allowed to steal our attention, then what else could there be that's in our world, that's in our periphery, that actually might be distracting or detracting away from our intimacy and our desire to be with Jesus? to fast, to pray, to seek Him, to to get online and do church at home when there are still other things that you can do. I want to highlight this particular thing this morning. It's just a small thing, and you might not even be thinking about it, but I actually think it's common. To get to what I'm telling you this morning, we have to go to one last scripture. In the book of James, chapter 1, verses 21 through to 25, James, the brother of Jesus, This is an introduction to Scripture, and most Bibles would be articulated to prayer and doing. The introduction of James is, "'Considering a pure joy, my brothers and sisters, "'when you face trials of many kinds, which we are facing.'" But James talks here, and he gives us a clue into something that may be going on internally for a lot of us, that right now, having won all of the distractions of sports, of shopping, of the lust of the flesh being stripped away, Now we have an opportunity to look internally at what might be detracting or distracting us or actually just causing a wall to be in between us and intimacy with the person of Jesus. He says this, he says, Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. I could probably honestly say it's almost like the world and coronavirus has done that it's stopped, it's cut off, it's stopped things short. Right now we have no choice but to be with ourselves and with our family. And then he went on and he said this, the key verse for today in verse 22. He said, do not merely listen. The old translational, the new King James says, do not merely be hearers or thou shalt not be hearers only and so deceiving yourselves, but be doers of the word. He goes on to say this, do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself, he goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. I have a question for you today to get to our point Do you ever get bored with church? Do you ever get bored with your spiritual life? If the answer is yes and you're saying, I often get bored with my spiritual life, I often get bored with reading the Bible, I often get bored with church, in fact, I go to many churches and I'm bored with all of them, then I've got an answer for you and I've got some help for you. The spiritual root of boredom is actually very simple. Knowledge without application eventually becomes boring and unfulfilling every time. Let me say that again. Knowledge without application, knowing something, receiving something, having something preached to us, reading something, praying and hearing something from God, without the application, without the doing, eventually becomes boring. It's just more information. It's just more knowledge. I want to take this a step further and read you something that Pastor Rick Renner wrote that touched my heart and challenged me this week and being able to articulate in this time, in this season, prioriting faith, prioritizing faith. Rick Renner wrote, you are bored because you're not doing the word that you've heard preached. Let me tell you the truth. If you simply would do what you have already been told to do, you won't have time to be bored. Applying the word you already know will necessitate that you have a serious prayer life Applying the word that you already know will necessitate, it will make necessary. In other words, if you have heard a sermon and you go away with the intention to do what the preacher, the pastor, what the Lord has spoken to you through that message, then the necessitate part actually implies we will understand that it's God who is desiring us to move forward and it's God is the one who we need to depend on to actually fulfill the word. What Pastor Rick Renner is saying is if you have a word and you intend to follow it through and be a doer of the word, not just a hearer of the word, then it's going to require a prayer life that goes through the roof. He went on to say that it will, co- it will require great discipline. It will demand that you learn and cru- learn to crucify your flesh. In fact, walking in this kind of obedience that God expects of you will take every ounce of your focus. You'll be so busy trying to obey what you've already heard preached that you'll never have a moment to be bored. If we were to unpack what this word means here, the word hearers only, or just listening to the word, in this verse above, it actually comes from a Greek word, akrataios, which is used in classical Greek times to describe people who were ordered at a class rather than taking it for credit. In other words, these people didn't intend attend the class to receive credit for the course. They were simply here or there to hear the lecture, to think about what was taught and then later discuss it with friends but they had no intention of actually applying what they heard. In addition to being intellectually stimulating, these lectures could be quite entertaining. So the hearers only would roam from meeting to meeting because they love special speakers and the excitement of hearing someone they hadn't heard before. Sometimes their followers of, or these followers of favorite speakers would travel from city to city. Although the hearers only had no intention of applying anything they heard, They loved to gather new information that made them look knowledgeable in the eyes of other people. It was their delight to attend meetings in order to be the one in the crowd uh, to have a good laugh or just simply to hear something new. But they never put any action to what they heard because they were hearers only. They weren't listening to the message that they had heard to get credit for it, but simply to have a good time. If we were to look at now this definition of hearers only, we could probably write it and read it like this in verse one of, 22 of chapter one of James. Don't be like those who attend meetings and listen to sermons for the sole purpose of being in the crowd or gathering information that makes you look smarter in other people's eyes. Since this is the background of the phrase hearers only, we must take a good look at ourselves and I'd ask you the question today, Am I serious about what God and the Word of God is saying to me and the application of it in my life? Today, we are talking about taking back what matters. It's very clear and evident, let me once again articulate, that the world, that its systems, that its malls, that its sports, uh, that the avenues for fulfilling the lust of the flesh are actually just shut down. The Bible says that God works all things together for the good of those who love Him. I'm not saying that God has done this, but I'm saying that through this scenario, God will shine as victor. And we have a choice if we're willing to acknowledge those things and drive and dive, maybe head deep into our faith and intimacy with the person of the Holy Spirit walking closer with Jesus and not just doing that out of the context of, well, I've got nothing else to do, but actually making a deliberate choice that you're going to use this time as a time where we can get back to a place of intimacy. Maybe like that day where you got saved, where you got baptized, where you fell over under the power and the anointing of the fire of the Holy Ghost. Maybe today is a day that it's time to remember the things that God has done and bring them, call them, speak them back into fruition. Boredom is something that underlies under the surface surface, that of a lot of us probably wouldn't articulate. When the Holy Spirit spoke to me about this this week, it really identified or I identified with a few different common familiarities of this particular uh, essence of what I'm bringing you. See, when you know something, you can dispel it. You can deal with it. You can run head on into it. I can can't get away from the thought, I wrote this this morning, that God is calling his people back and he's asking us to be authentically honest with ourselves and prioritize our faith in him. This is not about a small group, it's not about a church building, even a corporate gathering. I sense the unction of the Holy Spirit calling us back into an uninterrupted intimacy that produces fruit that will take our relationship with Jesus to the next level. God's not looking for perfect people, He's just looking for yielded people through whom He can flow and touch the lives of a world right now that is hurting. The whole of humanity is asking for answers and you and I carry the answer. We are the reflectors of the answer of the person of Jesus. God uses us in spite of us, not because of us, but because of Jesus. The greatest moves of God on this planet Articulated and defined in history have come in times like we are facing today. Yes, we haven't faced something like this for a hundred years. Yes, this is uh, on parallel or on par, they say, with the Great Depression. Let me tell you something that happened during the Great Depression. There is a lady by the name of Amy Simple McPherson who, in Los Angeles, when smallpox was going rampant through the country, people were dying, people were hospitalised, people were, were just sick, and they didn't know how to fix it. Amy Simple McPherson felt and had a word from the Lord to build a church called the Angelus Temple, excuse my pronunciation, And as she built this, she saw a revival uh, come in this particular time where there was an epidemic throughout the land. When we look at William Seymour, when we look at Smith Wigglesworth, when we look at the disciples, the greatest times that we read about in the book of Acts isn't because it was just all good and everyone was sweet and they all had jobs and they all had finance. It was when persecution came against them. They got back to a place of what really matters. And when they scattered to their homes, when they scattered to other parts of the country is where uh, this, 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 this focus of faith rose up. And the language that came out caused Ethiopia to be saved. It, It caused other parts of the continent, of this planet, to be saved because of traumatic situations. In the midst of trauma is where Jesus shines bright. I have three thoughts for you today because it's one thing to not just be a hearer of the Word or be a listener of the Word, but James actually encourages us to be a doer of the Word as Ezekiel comes. Real quickly, I want to run through this What does it look like for someone who's in prayer to be a doer of the Word? Like, Pastor Justin, what's something practical I can do? I would encourage you, from your heart, let your language change. See, it's not just always about, give me, give me, give me, help me, help me, help me. It's about, God, empower me to go. The Bible says in Acts chapter 4, verses 29 through to 31, Paul, Peter and John had just been released from prison. They'd come back to their small group. They shared a testimony of the power of God healing. They shared the scenario that had happened, and then their small group came together. I love their prayer. It wasn't just about, thank you for bringing them back safely. It was, God, give us the strength to go in power and boldness like we've never gone before. Help us as we lay hands on people to use us as reflectors or vessels. It says, now, Lord, consider their threats. This is their prayer, and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness, stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. The Bible says that after they prayed like this, the place where they were standing was shaken. The meeting place was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. I love this. And they spoke the word of God boldly. It doesn't say they were just filled and they were full vessels. It says they were filled and they stepped out of that place and they started to speak the word of God boldly. When we pray prayers and we pray prayers like this, the doing part is actually doing. It's stepping outside and speaking the word of God boldly. My second thought for you this morning is, how can we be doers of the word when we read our Bible? Paul, once again, was telling Timothy in 2 Timothy 13, 2 and 3. Sorry, 3 verses 14 and 17. He said, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and become convinced of, because you know that those whom you learned it And how far, how from intimacy, you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise through salvation, through faith in Jesus. He said this about the Scripture, when you read the Bible, all Scripture is God-breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in all righteousness. The servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Not just thoroughly equipped, not just full, but actually thoroughly equipped for every good work. In other words, the Lord will fill you as you read the Bible. He will transform your mind. Getting a bit excited. He will transform your mind. He will renew you. And then out of that place, you can pour out exactly what He's doing to you, the third and last fourth. How can we be doers of the Word and worship? How can we be doers? How can we just not be complacent and just worship and just soak and just be full all the time? Because eventually you'll stop getting full. We need to pour out the Bible says in Acts chapter 13 verses 2 and 3 it says while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting that the Holy Spirit said set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them so after they had fasted and prayed they didn't just sit down and think that was a good idea after they worshiped and prayed they were obedient to the word of the Lord that came through worship If we think worship is a one-way experience, we're so wrong. The Bible says that he's enthroned on the praises of Israel. And as he's enthroned on the praises of Israel, God will speak to you if you have a listening ear and a desire for it not just to be about you, but for the community around you. It says that they placed their hands on them, on Paul and Silas, and they sent them off. And we know that we have the gospel now. That's been advanced because of people who worshiped and prayed and were obedient to what god said to them in that moment the end part of that scripture that we started with in the book of james but whoever looks intently into the perfect law and gives freedom that gives freedom and continues in it if you continue in it and you don't forget what they have heard but actually be doers of the word or doing it then you will be blessed in everything that you do You know, the world is falling apart, but this is a time where the Lord will bless you. He will increase you. He will enlarge you. Remember that we are called to be reflectors. You'd say, how am I meant to be a vessel right now? We're meant to be like reflectors on a bicycle, walking in intimacy with Jesus and allowing the Holy Spirit to come and reflect the goodness of us into a community. Our mandate as we go through this is to be people that edify other people around us, people that exhort other people around us, and people that comfort. It's the reason we have the person of the Holy Spirit with us and the nine gifts of the Spirit to flow to the community around us. We're going to pray and I'm going to close and We're going to put you out some information and some thoughts this week. I hope you'd stay tuned to them. You'd like them. You'd share them around your community as we do our best to stay connected with you. Remember, if you have any needs right now, contact us even through the prayer network until we get that page up on our website and we would love to uh to see what we can do to help you out would you close your eyes all over your lounge rooms on the gold coast wherever you're at on this planet in brazil and spain wherever you're watching from right now a simple prayer pray this with me dear jesus i will go where you want me to go jesus i will do what you want me to do and jesus i will say what you want me to say And lastly i will be what you want me to be father i just pray right now that anyone watching by this stream lord i thank you lord that distance and proximity is not a restrictor of you that right now you will use frequency and sound waves and holy spirit as you fill every room every environment as you would touch every person that's listening right now anyone that's struggling that is distant that is separated that has never called upon your name Lord, I thank you that your promise is that anyone who calls on the name of Jesus will be saved. Father, this morning, I just pray that you would speak through the person of the Holy Spirit, Lord, that you would right now, that you would convict every heart watching to call on your name. Through the believing in our heart that Jesus is the Son of God and confessing with our mouth, the scripture says in Romans, that we will be saved. I pray that for people this morning. Father, last time, we will go where you want us to go. We will do what you want us to do, and we will say what you want us to say. We'll be what you want us to be. Jesus, this morning, I just thank you, Lord, that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. Psalms 91 says that no pestilence shall come near us, near our household. Lord, I pray right now, a divine hedge of protection, that the armies of the angels of heaven would surround our community, our children regardless of their faith, their stance, or their standing, that right now they would be blessed in the name of Jesus. Amen, amen, amen.